A gobble gobble. A gobble gobble. Turkey a turkey. Gobble, gobble. A turkey a gobble, turkey. Gobble. A gobble gobble. Gobble gobble. A gobble gobble. Remix. Happy Turkey Day. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It is the best time of year, although COVID came through and ruined another thing that we're used to. Fucking COVID, as usual. Son of a bitch. It's like, yo, the Steelers and Ravens not playing tomorrow is kind of like like showing up to Thanksgiving dinner and, and you're, you have no turkey. It's just sides. Like, are you going to eat a delicious feast? Yes, but it's just not the same. There's a lot of people on Twitter and shit talking about how don't be forced into thinking you have to eat Thanksgiving food just because it's Thanksgiving. We all know it's trash. Yo, if you think Thanksgiving what? food is trash, clearly you have a family that sucks at cooking. And I'm sorry to say that. <laughs> but, dude, what? What are you talking about? Like, what's wrong with a whole turkey and delicious ass sides? Like, I'm There's so confused by that. Uh, I don't think I think you're talking about the vast minority of people. Um, but anyway, we're going to still <laughs> bring you the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that we do this a different way every Thanksgiving. This is the Thanksgiving special. Today, we're only talking about the two was well, supposed to be three games uh, that are coming up on Thanksgiving, the Texans and the Lions. Then on Friday, uh Probably later in the day on Friday, so you have the whole uh, you have Friday night, or if you're on the West Coast, Friday evening to Friday night, and Saturday, and maybe even Sunday morning uh, to listen. It also gives us a, a chance to get a little closer to the game, so our predictions are going to be a little more accurate in terms of the amount of news we have. Um, so we have this opportunity to get so close to both sections of games. So it's going to be a good week in terms of that. But this today, you're only listening to two episodes, and then Michael and I are going to have the Turkey Bowl where we are going to draft a team out of the players who are playing this weekend. I mean, I'm sorry, on Thursday, not this weekend. And we're going to see who wins. And the winner will get a point towards the end of the year bets. Anyway, that's what we got on the deck oh, for yeah. today. I'm your host, Tim Pachop. I'm with Michael. I'm ready. I'm ready to talk say about some Thanksgiving games, even though there's only two. But, I mean, it is the latest game of the slate. I feel like... That one's the one that always gets the least love anyways, because by that time, most people are like OD stuffed and just like mad tired or mad drunk, you know? <laughs> so I feel like it, if one of them's going to get canceled, I'm going for a silver lining here, all right? I'm trying to be thankful. If one of them's going to get canceled, at least it was the the, uh, the ending of the, uh, of the three games. In terms of time, yeah, but in terms of quality of game, yeah. Uh, either way, the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. It's Turkey Day. One of the best things in the world is Thanksgiving. One of the best things in the world. I, I got to say, like, it, it, I always call it, it's the five F's, Michael. <clears throat> and it started out as the three F's, but I've been adding F's over the years. Family, food, football, friends, fun, Thanksgiving, the five F's. I'm all about this holiday. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't disagree, Tim. Gotta love spending time with family and food and all the other F's that you said. Please, everyone, uh, be safe this Thanksgiving. Make sure that you are in a situation where... You know, you're following the rules and keeping everyone uh, safe and aware around them. Um, me personally, I'm going outside to eat my turkey. Uh, it's going to be raining, but we set up a tent. No shit. No lie. Uh, but yeah, that's what's, that's what's going to be going down. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll stay away from that stuff. We'll get right to the football games. Uh, the reason why there is no football game is because there were multiple people on the Ravens who tested positive, so they're being moved back to Sunday. So the game's not canceled. So if you have Ravens and you're like, oh shit, what am I gonna do now? You know, they're still playing. I don't really um, know how it works with Ingram and Dobbins. Like, are they out or could they return now that the game is moved to Sunday? But I think they both I, tested positive. So Yeah, so I think what it is is you have to have I think two negatives or three negatives before you can get back on the field. 
So they both tested positive, but we know that sometimes false positives come back and false negatives come back. Um, you know, the vast majority of the time they're correct, but you know, that it, it, you know, it's, it's in people forget that this has only been around for a year. Like COVID-19, the reason why it's called COVID-19 is because it was in like, it, it showed up in 2019. So it's like, you know, people are still figuring this shit out. So this, this is not a perfect process yet. You know, don't, you know, people can't just have the answers right away. Like sometimes as a society, we, we, we expect people to just have the answers. Uh, it's not the case. Uh, we didn't have the answers yesterday when we recorded an entire podcast and we promised you that we were going to give you the waivers for free. And I apologize. We were planning on giving you the waivers for free. We had the entire episode um, recorded. I think one of our better episodes because we were, it was very free flowing. It was very different. Not how we usually do it. We did three games plus the waivers. Um, and then on the transfer, the file just got corrupt and lost. Yeah. I spent like an hour trying to figure out how to salvage it, but I could not, sadly. Yeah. We downloaded programs. It was just, it, it was a mess. And, uh, sorry about that. Sorry that we didn't do that. You know, it, it figures that it's the one like special episode that this happens on. Go figure. Uh, but yeah, we will make it up to you. I promise. If you want to get that extra episode, please join Patreon, patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Uh, the waivers are more important than ever, so go check that out. Um, check out BrotoFantasy.com. Today, true throw values for week 12 are up and running. In my opinion, the most predictive stat in football. Uh, there is no stat that I would rather use to help predict what the player is going to do. You can't predict circumstance like touches, but if you know that this player is doing X over X amount of touches, and you could fathom how many touches he gets, it's pretty damn predictive. So go check that out at brotofantasy.com. I'm done plugging things now. Oh, no, I'm not. Uh, let's not forget our sponsor, partybelt.com. Partybelts.com is the official belt of the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. Bada boom, bada bing. You win a championship, you want a custom belt. You go to your computer or your phone or whatever, and you get your typer fingers out, and you put out bro, uh, uh, partybelts.com. You find the belt. You completely cut, customize it. It's one size fits all. It has beer holders so you can serve your friends while you're serving your friends. And it is a fraction of the cost of these big bulky belts that no one really cares about at the end of the day. And you get to keep it. Right. Let's say you don't want to pass it around your league. The best the best way to do it is to keep it. So in 40 years, when you're an old man and you're like, oh, my God, or an old lady and you're like, oh, my God, uh, I used to be great at fantasy football kids, uh, grandkids. And they're like, ah, no, nah, grandpa, you sucked. Be like, oh, yeah, here's my party belts. You little piece of shit. You're not going to have any belts to show your kids or grandkids. I'm going to have a belt this week. Guess who moved in to first in our league? I did. You don't and get a I belt for first place. And I lead the league in points. You are really scared. You are really scared. The top, anyway, the top five party. teams are all seven and four, though. It's going to be a hey, crazy shush, last two weeks. Can you shush your mouth for one minute? We're not done with <laughs> go the league ahead, yet. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and if you go to the partybelts.com, Brodo, B-R-O-T-O, is the promo code to get 15% off. The belt's already super cheap. Like, like I don't want to say cheap because it's good quality. Super inexpensive. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just a win-win. It's Christmas time is coming up. Go get your go get your little nephew a belt that says, you know, Jeffrey, King of the Universe. Go, you could do that too. They're dope. Put in Brodo. Put in the promo code Brodo, and you have a dope gift that your nephew's gonna love you for for like twenty five dollars, maybe. That. Twenty like twenty eight dollars. It's it's a great deal. Anyway, Michael, you're just mad because I'm in first. Just suck on that. We have for the a same second. record, my man. And I beat Look, you this year. I took, so. bad, I took some bad losses. You you beat me, but it was a slugfest. It was. I think we scored the second and third highest points in the league that week. First and third. First and Thank third. Okay. Much. Don't disrespect. Well, there you go. <laughs> I almost I I beat the person who who scored the second most points in the league this week. I scored the most. Oh yeah, yeah, it was a it was a nail biter. Robert Woods versus Cooper Cup on Monday night. Man, how about the resurgence of the the Rams? Yeah, that was interesting. Sean McVay, do you know what I've come to realize? Sean McVay just he's like Bill Belichick in a sense. You're you just don't know what you're gonna get out of him. 
because he tailors his offense to beat the team that he's playing. And he always and he just always does. Yeah, I uh I got that game completely wrong. I thought it was going to be more defensive, more in the second second half, more so. I was on point, but like I wasn't expecting I thought Jared Goff was going to have trouble because the Bucks blitz so much and Jared Goff struggles under pressure, but Instead, Sean McVay decided to just get the ball out of his hands ridiculously quick over and over, and it was working because guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup can get space in less than like two seconds. You just toss it to them quick, and that's honestly when their offense is rolling the best because those two guys are always near the top of the league in yards after catch each year. It makes sense because, you know, that they were talking about that Buccaneers defensive line and how it was going to cause havoc for Jared Goff, and it did at certain points of the game. But getting the ball out and letting Robert Woods feast. And I just all the Robert Woods haters out there, there's people speaking blasphemy about Robert Woods that I don't just I just don't understand it. Yeah, he's had a couple of disappointing games. He's only scored two games in half PPR less than 10 points. He's still been a great player for you, and you're treating him as if he's a wide receiver three. That's terrible. It's just it's just not correct. You should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, I feel like Robert right. Woods uh <laughs> was trying to teach me a lesson last week because I was like the first time ever I was lower on Woods and consensus, because I've been a Robert Woods guy literally forever. I'm like his number one fan. The only time I'm ever lower than him on consensus than him, his guy goes and ends as like the wide receiver one overall, I think. So shout out Robert Woods. I will not be making that mistake again. Yeah, even on the Monday episode, you were like, uh, you were talking about the Patriots receiver. Um, what's his name? Jacobi not Jacoby Myers. Myers. No, no, no. Tamir Bird. Demir Bird, yeah, and you were talking about like you know it's it's not it's unlikely that uh, Woods or Cup is going to be the number one receiver, so so Bird is probably the number one receiver on the week. True, true. Sight. I think they both surpassed Demir Bird actually. Um, you guys, you ready to go on to the you guys? Not you guys. Shout out to Jason. The special guest will be joining us again on Friday. Um, you want to get into the first game? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let's get into the Texans and the Lions playing in Detroit. Um. Already, like, we've already previewed this game with a microphone in front of me. So, like, it's a little strange. Uh, but because I'm in the last two days, so much has changed. And one of the things that has changed is Kenny Galladay is not playing in this game yet again. Um, so, if you are planning on playing Kenny Galladay, do not. That would be a bad idea. But let's start with the Texans because that's where you're going to find most of your fantasy production. Deshaun Watson has been absolutely superb in his last few games. Uh, and I expect that to continue against a Lions team that hemorrhages points. Yeah, outside of the bad weather game in Cleveland, where he even had a semi-decent performance based on how quarterbacks have been playing in Cleveland of late since they have the worst weather in the league week after week for whatever reason. Besides that, he's been an absolute stud uh, ever since Bill O'Brien got fired. It's You just said it and forget it. He's been that top five guy unlike the beginning of the season where he seemed like he was a bust at ADP, it's really turned up since. And we expected him to have a huge game against New England's uh, front seven, which struggles to get pressure, and he did. And now he gets Detroit. It's not like Detroit is a team that is a powerhouse defense, so I expect Sean Watson to have another big game uh, on Thanksgiving, step up for the fans, especially now that the Steelers-Ravens game is out. He's going to – I think I think he'll show up and uh, – show out this week to uh to put on a nice show for everyone the Lions secondary has been beatable all season and two guys that you're playing every week irregardless of what of of matchup I feel like is Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks and can I can I just say one thing too because a lot of people after week one were like oh man this team could use a wide receiver well only if only they had deandre hopkins or like deshaun watson is not the same without deandre hopkins and those same haters that were saying that um are all of a sudden like not saying the opposite like hey i was wrong (laughs) and you were wrong because these two wide receivers are doing a very very admirable job are they are they deandre hopkins no um it was the trade good still no but in terms of what the players have to do and the players responsibilities these two guys have been outstanding in place of Hopkins, and they continue to be outstanding, and I expect them to have another outstanding game. Yeah, well, you know, most people don't like to share the fact that they're wrong and only the fact that they're right ever. So that's where it's Monday, we have an entire section dedicated to what we got wrong. Yeah. Fuck with us. And it's fun. <laughs> it's fun to admit you're, you're being wrong sometimes. I mean, I just admitted that I was wrong on Robert Woods last week. So there's yeah. that. 
Uh, but with that being said, Fuller and Cooks, you're right. They're both top 20 must-start options at this point. Um, against Detroit, there's no reason at all to think you shouldn't be starting your players. Like, start Watson, start Fuller, start Cooks. It's very simple. Those three guys have to be in your lineup. What about uh, the combination of whoever plays amongst Randall Cobb and Kiki QT? I know Red- Randall Cobb, Cobb is out. I don't know. Cobb's out. So yep. Kiki QT um, did get some work in the slot after Cobb uh, went down. Is he even in, in play here? I think that he's a good desperation play. Like, I, I, I could see him having success. Uh, what's his face? Kenny Stills is also out. So mm. Kiki QT should be on the field quite a bit. Um, it's desperation, though, man. Like, I'm not going into a Week 12 fantasy game two weeks left in the regular season and starting Kiki QT. Because, like, you're probably fighting for a playoff spot if that's even on your mind. Like, you're clearly not in first or second place if Kiki QT is someone you're going to pick up and start. So no, I wouldn't say that. You you, know, you never know. I don't Unless you're dealing with random at, injuries and such. Michael, your team is the most wishy-washy hodgepodge team I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> You should know that sometimes people hodgepodge shit together, and I, I feel like this is a, a hodgepodge guy for Week 12. Yeah, our my home league team is has been so much fun. A.J. Brown is the only player that I drafted that's still on my team. The entire yeah. other roster has been turned over. Michael's not in great. first place, but he's but he's leading in manager of the year. <laughs> you, and, you and Elias, who picked up Daryl Henderson and James Robinson after Week 1. Well, now Henderson is uh, trash, but... Uh, but you're in the running. You guys are both in the running for manager of the year. Yeah, um, QT's interesting, but like maybe a DFS slate for fun. I prefer him that way. Let's go towards uh, the running back because I don't know how to feel about Duke Johnson because on paper, the Lions are terrible against the running back. On the ground, the third most fantasy points allowed to running backs. On In the air. Uh, the least efficient defense against the pass-catching running back. So all of this should add up to Duke Johnson having a good game. But now Johnson is 0 for 2 in situations where he gets the the load of the work, and I'm losing my mind. Can I afford to be in the fire again with Duke Johnson? Tim, I'm letting it roll one more time with Duke Johnson, man. I know you're – I understand the frustration of people who have been playing him over these past two weeks, but – to tell you just how bad Detroit has been, because even if, if Duke Johnson finds the end zone once, he's likely to be a good start. Detroit has allowed 14 rushing touchdowns this year, which is two more than any other team. And five receiving touchdowns to running backs this year, which is one more than any other team. And only three teams have given up four. The rest have given up three or less. So Detroit has been next level bad at keeping the running back out of the end zone. And Duke Johnson is going to play 80-plus percent of the carries, period. So, yeah, I'm going to fall for it one more time. He saw five targets last week. Don't forget that one of the matchups was the terrible weather game in Cleveland. I'm rolling with Duke Johnson here, man. I think he's going to be a high-end RB2, low-end RB1 for me this week. Man, I don't know, bro. I don't know. Um, Let's talk about the tight end situation with the Texans. It, it kind of is always the same, right? You you prefer Atkins, but as long as they're both getting playing time, it's it's hard to pick one. Yeah, I mean Jordan Akins. It's like every few weeks he's Aikens. like I keep getting, I keep calling him Atkins, like the Atkins diet. Yeah, Sorry. I don't know why you do that. It pisses Sorry, me off. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, but this dude Akins, man, it's just like every he like dangles himself in front of you every every few weeks. Like, hey, look, maybe you should play me. But then like the next week he'll go out and catch one ball for eight yards. So. It's a desperation play at this point. Desperation plays are 90% of tight end plays. So I don't hate the idea of streaming him. If you want to have some fun on Thanksgiving, just know that there is a very large range of outcomes where zero points is highly possible. Let's go over to the Lions side. Uh, Last week, you know, a lot of people were neglecting the fact that Matt Stafford has already had a hurt thumb on his throwing hands in the past and in the past it affected his play tremendously we saw it affect his play last week the texans are a great matchup usually for quarterbacks and for wide receivers so the question is how do you view matt stafford here and how do you view his weapons because with kenny galladay out for me personally outside of a hole and i I don't even know if i want to play him because I, i i would rather play kiki qt than Hall. 
Um, I'm not starting anyone in this passing attack. <clears throat> I mean, Marvin Jones is better than Marvin Hall. Like, are you just uh, forgetting about Marvin, Marvin Jones? Hall. I'm, I'm not. I'm not forgetting about Marvin Jones, but he just has such a low floor. You know, like. I, no, I agree. But I, like, look, you know, like it's it's it, in week twelve. See, that's I think that's what kills in week twelve. Guys, who you're like, oh yeah, well, may, I'm not gonna consider anyone else because this guy's this this stalwart. When if you look at the numbers, he hasn't been. And but this is also, I mean, without Kenny Galladay over the last several weeks, he's been better. And look, Matt Stafford. I'm not starting Matt Stafford. Period. I don't care what the matchup says. Uh, last week, we also told many people, including a bunch of our patrons who were streaming, not to start Matt Stafford because we didn't know what was going on with the thumb injury and the fact that Kenny Galladay was out, and that ended up being a great decision. I don't want anything to do with him either. I disagree with you about Marvin Jones, though, because even last uh, week when they were shut out, Jones went 4 for 51 on six targets. It's not like that's going to kill you. It's seven points. Obviously, you want more than that. But prior to that, 19.6. And Houston has allowed 14 touchdowns to wide receivers this season. That's the third most in the league. Fine, fine. Marvin Jones is a perfectly fine wide receiver three, in my opinion. And Marvin Hall, you brought him up. He is a MVS type where you hope he catches a 40, 50-yard touchdown, and that's about it. I wouldn't be shocked if it happens. Certainly not banking on it. And then for the... uh, Shout out for the DFS crowd, if you're listening. Mohamed Sanu was actually signed to the active roster for Detroit. If you want to just take the shot in the dark for people who don't even know Mohamed Sanu is on Detroit, Danny, Danny Amendola and Kenny Galladay are out. Throw them in your DFS lineup. Have some Thanksgiving magic when Sanu goes like eight catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown, and everyone's sure. like, Mohamed Sanu is on the Lions? Or <laughs> he does nothing. Gets cut, you have zero points. So I said DFS. And then the next day, everyone goes, Oh, Mohamed Sanu is on the lines? DFS, Uh, Tim, not season long. (laughs) I will give you this, though. Uh, I was discounting Marvin Jones' success a little bit just to be hyper, hyper, make a hyperbole in my face. Hyperbolic, Tim. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, Marvin Jones has been good. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. But I'm just not excited about playing him with Matt Stafford's bum, bum hand because it's not a coincidence that in the five games, in the four games before this, he was good, really good without Kenny Galladay. And then all of a sudden, he's not. And Carol, Carolina's secondary has been good against wide receivers, but not that good where you should shut down a guy who's been hot. So I, I don't know. I'm not starting Matt Stafford. And I'm, I would, I guess I'd start Marvin Jones in the right circumstances, but I'm just not. I just don't believe in Stafford's thumb at all. It's just he has to have a, you know, he I was a quarterback to throw 45 plus times though against Houston. Yes. Yes. I don't know. I was a quarterback once, once upon a time I broke my thumb. I went from winning the championship to getting benched in the third week of the season. That's in, because I hurt my thumb. So I, I don't know. Sounds like that, I'm just a regular, it. I'm just a regular human. Sounds uh, like you lost Stafford it. Is, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, one th- one person I am excited about is DeAndre Swift. I think that knowing that he's going to play is is a, is a joy to my ears. Questionable. Okay, well, Still knowing not, that he's yeah. on track to play is a joy to my ears. Yeah, I'm it's assuming a little strange that, he's that play. he like I'm. Could you even start practicing if you're still dealing with concussion symptoms? Like I don't I don't really understand it. The way that they're saying he's questionable, it's a concussion. Like, is he playing or not? Like, is he cleared protocol or not? I don't really understand. I think that he, what questionable means is they feel good that he's on pace to like clear it by tomorrow morning. I I feel like that's what it means. But then again, but that's how it's been. But I I look at questionable as a good thing sometimes. You know, questionable is better than doubtful. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, all these sentiments that we said about DeAndre Swift last week when we had him as a top five option and we loved him and all that, I think that could just carry over right into this week against Houston. We were talking about how great of a matchup. Uh, Detroit is for running backs. Houston is almost up there as just as bad. They've given up 12 rushing touchdowns this season, tied for the second most, a receiving touchdown. Last time DeAndre Swift played, he became the workhorse and was a top five running back. Uh, 16 rushes, 81 yards, five targets, five receptions, 68 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Oh, my God, that is sexy. Yeah, and a concussion is not like a hamstring injury or something. It's not like you could just tweak it in the middle of the game you either are concussed or you're not so it's not like he's going to be limited and we saw last week interestingly enough 
keep this in mind if DeAndre Swift sits. Carryon Johnson played 70% of the snaps and had five targets to AP's 30% of the snaps and one target. Yes, they were down almost the entirety of the game, but it seemed like they were leaning more on one running back. If that's something that they're going to do, clearly it's going to be DeAndre Swift, and he has a great matchup here, especially if Stafford's dealing with a bum thumb. Uh, DeAndre Swift could be in for a very big game. Bum thumb, bars, and you ain't know it. Ba-boom, ba-boom. Um, I will say this. It, 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 it frightens me. It frightens me um, to play AP if DeAndre Swift doesn't play. No, you it can't doesn't play make AP, me, man. It doesn't make me scared to play carry-on. But if I am playing carry-on, it frightens me that it was game script that made carry-on because you mentioned that they were down almost the whole game. Carry-on is, is more of the um, pass catcher than Adrian Peterson at this point of his career. So uh, it's, just, it's just strange. I don't know if I'm taking a shot on the Lions running back, but I could be mistaken. It could be one of those situations where, you know, a running back that you had no idea could end up as a top as a top running back on the week if DeAndre Swift doesn't play because the matchup is that good. It's just a question of who's going to get the carries. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go over to our next game. Unless you uh, all real quick, TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Yeah. I mean, at this TJ point, Hawkinson. you don't really forget about TJ Hawkinson. It's just that he's been one of the more like the, the fact TJ Hawkinson isn't like a boomer bust guy and rather a comfortable eight to 12 points guy is pretty annoying because Detroit, I just don't understand why they don't try to get him more involved in the offense. But at this point with the way the tight end landscape is, you start TJ Hawkinson and he's going to end somewhere between tight end five to tight end 12. And outside of that one really bad week, that's what he's done all year. So, I mean, you're going to fire him up against Houston. Uh, simple as that. Let's move over to the next game. The Washington football team versus the Cowboys. Let's start on the side of the Washington football team because I think the player that's going to have the best game in this game is on the Washington football side, and that's Terry McLaurin, the wide receiver. Um, you see Alex Smith has used him uh, in the in the passing game. Uh, it hasn't been a drop-off in terms of targets. It has been a drop-off a little bit in terms of the diversity of targets. Alex Smith is not going to uh, go downfield much, but he's getting peppered, and he continues to shine, and he is – Arguably, just like as a skilled wide receiver, he's like top five, in my opinion, as in wide receivers. Definitely top 10 in the league at this point. So uh, I, I love me some Terry McLaurin in this game. Yeah, um, I'm not going to argue with anything you just said. The Dallas Cowboys secondary has been very kind to opposing wide receivers. 19 touchdowns allowed to opposing wide receivers, which is the most in the league. And Alex Smith, like you said, is just locked on to Terry McLaurin as his main option. You don't love the fact that Alex Smith is kind of trash at this point in his career. Nobody wants to say it, but he is. Um, like people were even saying, Alex Smith should you could stream Alex Smith last week. Yo, uh, your Alex Smith slander. It's enough. No, people. He threw for three hundred ninety yards two weeks ago and didn't even end as a QB one. And people were saying to stream him this week against Cincy. What are the odds? He ended as QB twenty three. Just stupid. Alex Smith has not been good. He's bad in true throw value as well. He's bringing Michael. down the team, period. Michael. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Thank you very much. But you got to admit that the guy went through a traumatic experience. This is his third start. There's room for growth. There's room for growth here. Eh, he's old as shit now too, man. <laughs> Football terms. I'm telling you right now, Michael, the only thing standing in the way between you and Jason being the the, the legitimately the best fantasy football analyst in the fucking entire planet is just let people just account for growth a little bit. Account for the human aspect just a little bit. Account for the fact I, this guy just went through mental torture. No, yeah, like, I love you, me some Alex Smith. This guy's not in Madden, bro. He's, He's a great man. Give him a couple games. But it's not like he was ever anywhere near elite when he wasn't coming off of a horrific injury. He was a QB1 every week. With Andy Reid and KC throwing you Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Okay, fine. But, you know. Uh, the only McLaren time in his career where he's actually been usable. Terry McClure and Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick are, aren't bad. Dude, Antonio Gibson. Holy moly. This dude is just. It's like he's a magnet. And the end zone is the opposite end of the magnet. Like the north-south shit that you used to do in class. When it's like you put them together and then you see you try to turn them around. 
and all that. <laughs> Dude, Antonio Gibson just finds the end zone over and over and over and over. And it's beginning to piss me off because I just comp- – I look, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been off on Antonio Gibson each week because I keep ranking him as a low-end w- running back too because he's touchdown dependent. But the dude just continues to find the end zone. And I'm just going to continue warning you. At some point, Antonio Gibson on a bad offense – isn't going to score a touchdown. And the fact that his expert consensus ranking in half PPR is RB10, a guy who sees 40% of the carries on a typical game on a bad offense, is mind-boggling to me. One day, this dude isn't going to find the end zone, and then you're going to be very upset that you started him over some great players because he's very touchdown dependent. That's just, it's as simple as that. Plays 40% of the snaps, doesn't get 40% of the carries. No, he doesn't, but... It's not like, like he had against the Giants. He had six carries, thirteen against Detroit, and then they were winning by a lot against Cincy. So he got sixteen carries. But it's not like he's getting twenty plus carries a game. Like he has two the games way, this entire year of more than thirteen carries. The way that Washington operates, though, with Alex Smith, is a bunch of short, quick passes, right? So that does lend itself to a lot of goal line opportunities. What Jamal Jamal? Uh, What's his name? Uh, how could I forget his name? One of the, Jamal Charles. I'm not comparing the two, but Jamal Charles was always in that fucking end zone. Kareem Hunt was always in that fucking end zone when Alex Smith is in charge, because that's how the offense operated. They got as close as possible and they ran it in. I don't know. I, I I like Antonio Gibson as a play in this game. Um, oh, yeah, so do I. Just he's he's touchdown dependent, and people need to uh, not forget that. What about Lance Thomas? He's someone who's definitely. Uh, <laughs> Logan Thomas. Logan. What did I say? Lance? Lance Thomas, the the trash player for the Knicks, bro. Oh, word. Lance Thomas. The defensive specialist. He was nice. He was like a a new school uh, Jared Jeffries. (laughs) Yo, you know what I saw the other day, bro? Remember the Jared Jeffries I'm coming home skit? Yeah, tremendous. For for those of you who are not Knicks fans, uh, Sunday Night Football on MSG. I'm going to I'm going to just explain this real quick. So the MSG, the the station that carries the Knicks, when Melo got traded here, they did a whole thing like I'm coming home, coming home, tell the world I'm coming home. You know that song? And it was like him getting ready, putting on a Knicks jersey. So then, uh, Jared Jeffries also came in that trade, and Jared Jeffries was a former Nick. And if you don't know who Jared Jeffries is, he's a very like goofy looking player who was a pretty good defensive player. Like he he could really play some defense, but had really had no business being in the NBA for more than five years and just not not a skilled player at all. Just kind of a big guy, big athletic dude who stood in front of other big athletic dudes and stopped them from scoring. And someone made like a compilation of his like gaffes with the Knicks and put it to the I'm coming home. Yeah, it's it hilarious. Great. If you if you have a chance, go on YouTube and put Jared Jeffries I'm coming home and talking get ready about, to laugh. Talking about songs, we sang a song yesterday that ended up not on the podcast because it was destroyed. Yeah, and you oh sang word. it with us. I sang it with you. It was the only song I've ever yep. sung with Thursday you. Thursday night I- football on Thanksgiving. That's what it was. That's, and then you st- and was. then you continued it and Big Will would have been very happy. Big Will, I, I let you down, man. <laughs> I was down yesterday. I'm not down today. Fuck you guys. But uh, I mean, I would be I was down yesterday. <laughs> no, nah, Sunday night football. I just hate the part where it says MSG because it doesn't make any sense. Whatever, Sunday night Tim. football on Thursday night football on Thanksgiving <laughs> is is clever. Thank and you, thank I, you. And I enjoyed it. I'm gonna uh Take the turkey Jason's. and the yams and the greatest green beans. Ayo. That was solid. Not bad, not bad. I thought you were going to say the greatest gravy, but green beans also works. Okay. Okay. Green beans. Pour out that gravy. Time to turn up the flave. Ham and pineapple in the oven, too. Don't forget the stuffing in the turkey. All right. Moving on now. <laughs> I did it. All right. You um, did it. You did it. I wanted to say Jason wanted to, me to talk about Logan Thomas for him because he wanted to say this last week. He kind of fell for Logan Thomas last week and he went against his instincts of true values, saying not to trust Logan Thomas. So he wanted to make it clear that he was not trusting Logan Thomas this week against Dallas. And at this point, like, I understand. I understand if you do, like, if a. Uh, 
tight end finds the end zone, he's a tight end one, period. That's just the way it is these days. Uh, so, I mean, he does have a decent shot against Dallas, but I'm with Jason in that I'm not super hyped about Logan Thomas by any means this week. Tight ends are the hardest position to rank because touchdowns are the hardest thing to to predict. Tim. And, yeah. You also skipped the Washington football team's wide receiver one. Think oh, about JD, it. J.D. McKissick. There you go. <laughs> go ahead. I thought you touched on J.D., but go ahead. No. Uh, Jason is another one who wanted me to discuss J.D. McKissick. He likes him more than I do. Um, because I, I'm a little scared away by J.D. McKissick because you have games against Cincinnati where he could only get four targets because they were winning, despite the fact that he had 15 and 14 targets the prior two weeks. Last time they played Dallas, they were up almost the entirety of the game, and J.D. McKissick ended with one of his lowest scoring outputs of the year. But, I mean, against Cincy, he did have 43 rushing yards on six rush attempts as well. So, I mean, he's just continuing to do a lot with a little when it comes to the running game, and then he gets all the targets as well. So I do think that he's a solid flex play uh, tomorrow against Dallas, especially because their offense looks a lot better after the bye than it was prior. And Andy Dalton actually looks like he may be serviceable at the very least moving forward. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys and Andy Dalton, the serviceable Andy Dalton. Uh, The Cowboys were going off a bye week, so that does need to be considered. The Cowboys still have a lot of injuries on on that offensive line. And the Washington football team is still one of the more underrated defenses in the league. A couple of weeks ago, they kind of got thrashed a little bit uh, by the Lions unexpectedly, um, but had a nice bounce back last week. And again, they just get pressure and the pressure makes a difference. And if they get pressure on Andy Dalton, we've seen Andy Dalton crumble under pressure before, and they have a very good secondary. I I could see this being like a kind of Washington – a Washington, I don't want to say blowout, but a, a Washington, you know, bigger win. Um, I just think that these two teams don't match up well. But I could also see the Cowboys winning this game. So this one's a hard one to predict in terms of game script. But in terms of performance, how do you think that pressure is going to affect Andy Dalton and and uh, these offensive weapons who all of a sudden are viable again, right? CeeDee Lamb had a great game. Amari Cooper had a pretty decent game. Michael Gallup almost had a good game, but he dropped a couple big ones. And, you know, Dalton Schultz had a good game. So you kind of got like uh, 70-ish percent of what you expected out of these these Cowboys. And I think you're you're taking that all day if you can get it. Yeah. Um, I want to say you said C.D. Lamb had a great game. He had four receptions. I, w- I wouldn't say great. He had a great a catch. Game. Yeah, good but- game, though. He had a touchdown. Good game. There's a ginormous difference between the Minnesota secondary and the Washington secondary. Um, Washington has allowed the second least points to opposing wide receivers um, this year and only 15 passing touchdowns on the season overall, Uh, and it's week 12. Um, So their secondary has actually been very good. Andy Dalton did show some signs of life last week, but there's no way I'm trusting him, obviously. Like, you're not starting him against Washington. At this point, I think Coop and Lamb... You certainly can start Gallup, but I do think Coop and Lamb at this point, even without Dalton, they were at least setting nice floors as the clear main two guys in the passing offense. So I do think Coop and Lamb are both uh, wide receiver two, wide receiver three type guys. Even without Dak Prescott, I mean, the ceiling is clearly no longer there, but they should at least be consistent producers for the, I mean, for not what you expected and not what you wanted obviously, from when Dak Prescott was QB, but good enough to at least be a decent wide receiver three, I think, uh, against Washington. One of them may disappoint because it's a more difficult matchup, but I understand if you uh, if you need to start one of these guys because it's fun. It's Thanksgiving. You want to start a Thursday player. I understand it. I was looking at a chart uh, the other day, and... It was this one league. I can't remember which league it was. And percentage of teams that are currently positioned to be in the playoffs and the slot that they drafted at. The number one slot was Alvin Kamara slot, number four. And tied for the least was number two and number three, uh, Saquon Barkley and, and Ezekiel Elliott. And Ezekiel Elliott finally broke out in a way that we're so used to seeing Ezekiel Elliott break out. We mentioned so many times in the offseason that Ezekiel Elliott is just that safe option. 
set it and forget it. He never has those explosion, like 40-point games like Dalvin Cook or Alvin Kamara has, but he never scores less than, it seems like, 17 to 20 points ever. But that wasn't the case this year. He finally puts together an Ezekiel Elliott game. Is it here to stay? Yeah, Zeke, uh, I, we spoke about it on the Monday Review Pod a bit. He looked a lot better out of the bye, as did the entire offense, but him specifically it looked like he had more juice. Maybe the injury that he was dealing with, the hamstring injury, was actually worse than he let on. Um, but in a game here against Washington, I do think you could trust him again as more of a, I'd say more of a high-end RB2. I'm not like just going to jump into the boat again already because Washington is a more difficult matchup. Um, they, they're in the bottom 10 teams um, in points allowed to opposing running backs. So that is something to consider. But with the way he played against Minnesota, I, I he's going to get 20-plus touches. It's almost guaranteed. He, he's at least, at the very least, a high-end RB2 just based off volume alone if he's going to be uh, running as well as he looked against Minnesota than compared to what he was looking like prior to the bye. Right now, and I mentioned this on Monday, but if you're still listening and you're you're in a position that's um high right you're in first place you're in second place you're even in third or fourth place but the the teams chasing for the fifth and sixth spots aren't really are going to catch you it's time to start positioning yourself and it's time to start adding handcuffs to your team and it's time to start uh, making sure that you are never in a position where you where you have to start somebody that you don't want to start um on that not from you obviously you're not going to want to start the backup, but you're never in a position where you have to start somebody completely different, someone else's backup, like a James White, instead of starting a Tony Pollard. If you have Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard's big run just confirms that he's going to be good when Ezekiel Elliott goes down. If you got Zeke, you need Tony Pollard. If you have Alvin Kamara, you need Latavius Murray. If you have Josh Jacobs, you need Devontae Booker. Cook and Madison. You, Cook and Madison. Needed. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Needed. Um, there's there's others, but I think those are the big six. And if you have these players, handcuff them. Boston Scott to Miles Sanders might be one too. Now is when I'm fine with handcuffing if you really need to. I'm typically a handcuff other people's guys so you could uh, get more value if that guy gets hurt rather than your own. But I do understand now if you want to go handcuff your guy. And then lastly, Tim, because we kind of skipped over him, Dalton Schultz. No, I'm not. I'm not definitely not skipping over Dalton Schultz. I was going to ask you about oh, the two streamers because gotcha. we got to talk about Andy Dalton as well. Because Dal- Dalton Schultz has kind of been a low key consistent. The Dalton to Dalton connection, Andy Dalton to Dalton Schultz. Uh, yeah, those guys, those guys look like Daltons. <laughs> True. Schultz has been basically like if you're going to put him in your lineup, he's tight end ten to fifteen. There you go. That's what he's been all season long outside of the games with Garrett Grayson and Ben DiNucci at quarterback. So, I mean, that's how it is with uh, Dalton Schultz, really. Like, just if you have him and you want the high floor-ish, low ceiling type guy, like like the tight end landscape is terrible. He's not going to get you zero. He'll get you six, seven points, most likely, unless he finds the end zone. Maybe he'll get you more. He did score right at the end of last week. So, I mean, that's how I feel about Dalton Schultz at this point. If you want a tight end to 10 to 15 finish in that tight end landscape, which actually might help you win, uh, Dalton Schultz isn't a, a bad option. And I'm not starting Andy Dalton, man, against Washington. Come on. Yeah, I agree. Yes. Um, BrotoFantasy.com for everything Broto Fantasy. Don't forget to visit at Broto Fantasy on Twitter as well for all the updates. Don't forget also new episodes coming out on Friday instead of Wednesday, which is today. Um, so we're a little bit closer, spreading it out a little bit. Um, but before we go, we are going to have the Turkey Bowl. So what is it, Tim? QB, RB, RB, wide receiver, wide receiver, tight end, flex. Yep, we're putting together a team, and let's even put a t- let's even put a kicker and a defense in there, bro. Let's build All complete right. squads out of these two games. I'm down. And let's see who scores the most fantasy points. And, I mean, uh, you don't stand a chance. I who's gonna pick first? We're we're gonna do a snake style. You want the first pick or you want, um, uh, hmm, rock paper scissors? We're on Zoom. We could see each other. <laughs> yeah, but you're on super delay. Interesting. So you're All right. Like, <laughs> um, what do you want? What do you want? What do you prefer? I don't care. You could choose. I'm a good guy. 
I'm I'm in a wow. giving mood. Hmm. This is a tough one. <laughs> that's why I, I handed that, it off to you. Yeah, this is a tough one. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you pick first. All right. I'll gladly take that. I am a go big or go home type of guy. DeAndre Swift. Okay, not what I was expecting. Not what I was expecting. For I I respect that. For me, I see so a, a big gap in one position in particular. So I'm using my first pick on Deshaun Watson at the quarterback position. Okay. And then I'm going to come over in the wide receiver position, and I'm going to put Terry McLaurin on the team. So I got Deshaun Watson, Terry McLaurin. You writing this down? I am. I am. Deshaun right. Watson and Terry McLaurin is not a bad start. I'll give you that. And now I get back to back picks, huh? Now you get back to back. All yeah. right. <clears throat> I'm going to go here with let me take a let me take a look. I'm gonna go with Ezekiel Elliott. It's a no brainer. And then I'm going to go with someone to offset your quarterback, Mr. Will Fuller. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, definitely definitely a a good move there. Uh, I got two so You got back to back picks need- as well. Yep, I got back-to-back picks. So you took Ezekiel Elliott. So I'm gonna go with Brandon Cooks here. Okay. Okay. To I fill up you. my wide receiver room. Um. And then I'm gonna go. Oh man, Duke Johnson or Antonio Gibson. I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm going with my own gut. I'm picking Antonio Gibson. All right, Antonio Gibson is your uh, first RB on the board. Man, I don't feel good about it. I know Duke. <laughs> I've been the number one Duke supporter, and I know that now that I've turned my back on him publicly, he's going to go apeshit. I just know it. <laughs> it is now my turn to pick. I have Swift, Zeke, and Fuller. I'm going to fill my flex here with a one, Mr. Duke Johnson. So I'm going to write that down real quick. Duke Johnson. Damn, you, got, you got the RBs on lock. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And then, hmm. Do I fill out my wide receiver position here? We got some interesting options. I'm going to go with Mr. Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones over Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to take the upside shot here. Interesting. So what does my team look like so far, Michael? It's, you got it's Deshaun Watt- Watson, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Cooks. Okay. So I'm going to fill out my flex as well, and I'm going to go with Amari Cooper. Okay, okay. With this pick. And then... Uh, so I, I got to be no CD Lamb started. Interesting. No CD Lamb started. My, you know what? I'm I'm playing I'm playing the odds here, and I know Michael, you have three running backs, right? Yes, I do. So I'm uh, JD McKissick's still out there, but I know you're not going to draft him. So I'm going to go ahead and take TJ Hawkinson. All right, I see you playing uh, chess, not checkers. Playing the chess, playing the chess. Good call, good call. <laughs> I'm going to go with, I need a QB and a tight end, kicker and defense. I'm going to go Washington defense. Oh, man, I wanted that as my <laughs> next pick. Uh, fucking, uh. And then I'm going to go Kaimi Fairbarn. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. Um. You need to fill in running back, kicker, defense. Yeah, so I'm going to go with obviously – you know what? I'm going to keep playing checkers. I'm going to keep playing chess, and I'm not going to pick J.D. McKissick to take my last pick. Um, Works for me. So I get my, my free kicker. I get my choice of kicker and defense. I'm going to go with the with Matt, Matty Prades. Matty you know me Prada. and Matty Prades. After the you donut know, week, you're expecting a big one, huh? I'm expecting a big one. Sometimes Matty Prades, he throws a donut up. But it's all right because he, he comes back because the, the man just nails 50s. But he, he missed a 50. It was very strange. He did. But he nails 50s. That's all, all he does. I, I like my kickers to score points in fives. And that's what Matt Prater does. Um, and then I'm going to go with the oh, Cowboys or Texans defense. Which one? Um, there's not, Neither are good options. I'm going to go with the Texans defense because I have more – Okay. Right. I have McLaren and Gibson, so I'm hoping that I'm right. And I'm about to have J.D. McKissick, so I'm going to go with the Texans. And to finish this off here, I'm going to go Matt Stafford as my QB, trusting him over Alex Smith and uh, 
Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton. And then at my tight end position here, I'm choosing between Aikens, Logan Thomas, and Dalton Schultz. I could play it safe. I could go big or go home. I'm going with Logan Thomas. Okay. I'm going big over Dalton Schultz. Have some fun on Thanksgiving. All right, J.D. McKissick, fill it out, Michael. What what are the teams looking like? All right, just a second here as I enter the last name. Tim, you are rolling with Deshaun Watson, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, Terry McLaurin. Holy moly, you got a lot of Redskins. Oh, excuse me, football teamers. T.J. Hawkinson, Amari Cooper, Matt Prater, Houston defense. And I got Matt Stafford, DeAndre Swift, Ezekiel Elliott, Will Fuller, Marvin Jones, Logan Thomas, Duke Johnson, Kaimi Fairbairn, and Washington defense. Your team is oddly spread out amongst the four game teams. I don't have a single cowboy, actually. Yeah, you do. You have Zeke, bro. Oh, what I have Zeke. About? You're right. Wow, I'm bugging. You want to trade? Yeah, you I'm going to beat you, man. Uh, Fairly I don't easily. know. I like my team. I'm giving myself I, a, I like my team. a minus 18 advantage here. 18 you're <laughs> fucking wild that's I'm crazy playing, i'm just playing you know what it is i have i have the i have a big advantage in the two singular positions man hawkinson and and watson are two big advantages nah hawkinson hasn't topped 14 points this year he's all right and and who are you playing again logan Dalton thomas Schultz? oh oh okay oh big big old logan 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 toms huh someone's gonna catch a touchdown this week and he goes by the turkey ball logan we should thomas. do this more we should do this more often like True. draft teams against each other and shit. Um, Mike, where can they find you? At Brodo FF Mike. You can find me at Brodo FF Tim. You can find Jason at Brodo FF Jason. See what we did there. BrotoFantasy.com for everything. We have a lot of articles dropping all throughout the week. Um, they're going to be a little off the regularly scheduled programs because Thursday, you know, we're taking time off uh, and, you know, enjoying the holiday. So we're not going to be, you know, writing ar- fantasy articles. Sorry. Um, and yeah. That'll be that. Don't forget to check out True Values on BrotoFantasy.com. Don't forget to please support the show, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. If you can, please do. And please drop a review. We don't really talk about that, but those help a lot too. So, uh, yeah, that is all from us. Have a happy, happy, and healthy and wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy the food. um, Enjoy the football. And uh, thank you guys so much for being part of us. We are thankful for you every single day here at the Broto Fantasy Football Podcast. And from our family to yours, happy Thanksgiving. Yep, happy Thanksgiving. Later.